All right. Good morning, Hope. Again, we're going to uh, go right over to Second Second Peter. Second Peter, as we continue through. As God gives opportunity, I'm just going to be walking through, walking through these uh, particular books. I'm I'm more of a guy that likes to just tread through books. That's why when I met uh, Pastor Emmanuel and we started talking, I started listening to, you know, his sermons before we even knew anything, what God was going to do. I said, oh, okay. He's, he, he's a joker. <laughs> I like, he likes to go here, here, here. And I said, okay, praise God. Uh, and then I was kind of like just the guy to just, you know, and so you get the best of both worlds. Amen. Uh, what we trust. <laughs> if we're doing our homework properly. But uh, that's kind of... Uh, so each time God gives opportunity for me to come and bring the word, uh, I'm just going to pick, pick up from where I left off. And, um, so 2 Peter, uh, let's, uh, before we jump in, let's ask God's blessing as we uh, continue uh, in this book. Father, thank you for your word. Um, it is your word that changes us ultimately, God, through your spirit. So I pray for all of us, God. You know where we are in our walk with you. Father, the areas that we need to adjust, things we need to put out of our life, things we need to put in our life, ultimately that we look and act more like Jesus, and we're all in that process. So I pray that your word today would convict us all, and Father, may you change us, may you renew our minds, God, that our lives might be transformed for your glory. We thank you in Christ's name. So last time, if, if you remember, uh, we were talking about the idea that when we come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your salvation is 100% totally based in the work of Jesus Christ and what Christ has done on the cross. You don't add to that salvation. You can't contribute anything. All of our righteousness is as what? Filthy rags. And the glorious thing about the gospel is that Jesus lives this perfect life. Then he dies a death that should have been ours. And then God, on the basis of his blood being sacrificed, puts in your account righteousness. Think about that for a second. That's grace. That's grace. So... Now my righteousness that I cannot live every day, I can't, right? God looks at me and says, but the righteousness of my son is in you, so you're my child. Wow. Now, the flip side of that is this. If I truly understand the gospel and I understand that dynamic, what should that invoke in me in the way I live? Right? This is, this is what Peter is going to be getting at. If I understand the gospel, there should be a way that I now live in light of that grace. Not to earn God's approval, but because I have his approval through Christ. Amen? Does that make sense? And so the danger is, sometimes when believers have this attitude, well, it's all about Christ. Okay, amen. And when people start talking that way, I get a little leery. Yo, man, how's your walk with the Lord? Oh, brother, you know it's all about Jesus. Yeah, I understand that, but how's your walk? 
Oh, don't be judging. You know, that's under the blood. That's on, that's on the cross. And sometimes we can take this attitude where, yes, it is about Jesus Christ, but there ought to be a way I'm living in light of that reality. And this is what Peter's going to get at when he talks about confirm your election. Do, do you want to know if, if, if you're really in Christ? Do, do, do you want to know if, 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 if you're really chosen of God? Look at the way you're living. That's what Peter's going to get at. And again, he's not advocating a work salvation. What he is saying, the reality of the gospel is that it changes your life. Because it's, it's not me doing it. He that began a good work in you, he will perform it. That's God, God. But then I got to turn around and do what? Galatians, walk in the spirit, Ron. Don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Oh, I thought he was just going to perform it in me. See, there's God and there's man together, working together. We can't confuse that. So where our salvation is totally of grace, the life that I now live after coming to know Jesus Christ is a life of sanctification by God's power, but I willfully have to do things. Does that make sense? That's so important. If you get that point today, good. <laughs> so that's why Ephesians says things like what? Put off the old man, but put on the new. Well, I'm just waiting for Jesus to renovate me. What are you doing? No, 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 no. It's all of grace. No, 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 no. What's your human responsibility? Think of it this way. It would be like it's time to read the word of God and you just place your hand on the Bible. Okay, Lord. Oh, man. Oh, oh, that's deep. Okay. And walk away. Like, no. You have to open up the word and do what Paul said. Study to show thyself approved, right? So Peter, as he's writing these believers, he's writing these believers to remind them of this human element of your Christian walk. You can't let that go. So let's jump in. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love that. An equal standing with ours. Why does he say it that way? He's writing here to Gentile believers. Now think about it. What did the Jewish person believe? We are God's children, right? They even wrestled with the fact that the gospel went to the Gentiles. And now here's Peter writing, and these Gentile believers are being encouraged. Listen, we have equal standing before God, Jew and Gentile, because of Jesus Christ. Wow. Think about that. Now, we may not have that Jew and Gentile uh, uh, conflict today, but there may be some other things where we tend to judge one another, right? Maybe by race or maybe by economics or maybe by what you do, right? No, no, no. The cross is level or the foot of the cross is level, right? There's nobody here and nobody here. We are all one in Jesus Christ. So he says, in the greeting, may grace and peace be multiplied to you 
in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now just, it's, it's, it, it, it's amazing how much theology is just in the greeting. I'm not going to go through all of this again as, as we did the first time, but, but let me point out this. Notice what he says in verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. In the knowledge, that key phrase is going to come up. Because everything that we do in our life, my transformation of my life, my understanding of who God is and what God wants from me, it's rooted in what? In the knowledge of him. And that knowledge has to go beyond that initial knowledge that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Does that make sense? Guys, if you're going to grow in your faith, you have to renew your mind in the knowledge of who Jesus is. Now, I know I'm going to step on some toes, but, you know, you know how it is when you prepare a message. The Holy Spirit beats you up, right? And then you get mad, so I'm going to beat them up. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Holy Spirit spanked me. I'm going to spank y'all. All All right? How do you come to know something? How do you come to know something well? Huh? Time. So when people come in my office and they say, Pastor, I just want to know Jesus. I just feel like he's so distant. I just, I'm, I'm not experiencing this grace. I'm not experiencing this peace. First question I ask, how's your time with him? Oh, there you go, stepping on. Wait, come on. No, we're all so busy. And I'm convinced more and more. I talked to Pastor Marion about this before. You know, I said, I'm convinced, like, we are busy with what we want to be busy about. We keep hiding under that word. Well, you know how it is. And you can say that to people and everybody accepts it. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. I'm busy too, yup. As if that is a free pass to growing in the knowledge of God because we're so busy. I stop saying that to people. I stop saying, well, you know, I'm so busy. Here's my new thing I'm striving to say and to live. Pastor Ron, how's it going? I'm busy and balanced. I said that to somebody this Friday because this is brand new to me, right? So I'm trying it out. It even sound weird coming out. I'm busy and balanced. They were like, what? What did you say? I'm busy and balanced. They was like, what do you mean by that? I said, with all the craziness of life and all the stuff that I'm doing, I'm trying to make sure it's all balanced with me growing in the knowledge of Jesus and not just on Sunday morning. They were like, oh, I never thought about that, man. That's deep. I said, it ain't deep. It's, it's not complicated. <laughs> if, if, if I'm going, and, and, and I truly believe that when, he, when he's praying that I want this grace and peace to be multiplied to you, I don't think you will experience that apart from the knowledge of God, which you have to keep renewing your mind through the word. I think there is a one-to-one correlation here. So a lot of times when we feel like God is so distant, I'm just not experiencing this faith. Everybody's talking about how they just feel like they like God's presence. OK. First, evaluate what kind of time are you spending with him? Now again, that, that, that doesn't negate that you may be in the word of God and you may be praying and still feel that God's presence is not there. The psalmist experienced that. But let's make sure it's not because we're not in the word. We're not praying. We're not cultivating that walk with the Lord. So he goes on, verse 3, his divine power 
has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. He's not talking about cars and lands and houses. That's how our prosperity gospel people twist the word of God. What is the all things? His divine power through what Christ has done, he's granted us all things that pertain to life, spiritual life, and godliness. How to live a life pleasing to him. You got all that you need through Christ in order to do that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? This is the power of the gospel. I love the word godliness because the idea there is good worship. <laughs> good worship. I'm not talking about the service here. We're talking about Monday through Saturday out there. Living a life that, 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 that displays Jesus Christ and how you deal with conflict and how you deal with adversity. Like the world should be able to look at my life and say, that's how Jesus would have be responded in the midst of what you're going through right now. Because you're, you're, you're mimicking Jesus. Do you feel that way in your life then? Or do you feel like sometimes Monday morning comes and you're like in the dryer at the laundromat and you're just, whoa, whoa, hey, Jesus, oh, I'll get back to you later. And then Sunday you come crawling in here like depleted. It's like, oh, it's so good to be here. Give me some water. Well, praise God. We ought to be able to get living water when we come together, right? But I don't think you got to wait till Sunday morning. And so we have to say, what is it in my life that I need to adjust? that I might partake of all things that he said he made available through Christ, that I might live a life that is pleasing to him. And notice, here's that phrase again. Through the knowledge of him, there it is again, who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. We got stuff. You realize that? <laughs> you might be broke, but you got stuff. You got the great promise. What, what are these promises? These spiritual promises. Do you guys believe, sitting here today, that you are a joint heir of Jesus Christ? Do we really believe that? How can we ever wake up and feel like, well, I'm just a nobody. I'm just. And yet, spiritually, the Bible says that you are joint heir with Christ. See, there, 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 there's a disconnect, right? There's a disconnect. The, the, the truth of God's word cannot just be a cerebral or cognitive understanding. There's a practical outworking of it. And he says that all of these great promises to conform you to the image of my son, to have you have this great fellowship with me, communion with me. I've, I've given you all of this through Christ. And oftentimes we don't experience it. And I think one of the reasons we don't is because of that key phrase, through the knowledge of him. Notice what he says, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. This is not saying that we will become gods, as our Mormon friends believe. But this is that everything that Christ emanated and demonstrated, I can begin to walk talk, look like him. 
through his Holy Spirit, working in in conjunction with the word of God. We should be looking more and more like Jesus. Now notice, he says, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. In other words, guys, listen, through Christ, we can resist sin. We can. And, and, and we can walk in a way where sin no longer has its power over us. As Pastor Emmanuel said earlier, does that mean I'm not going to have struggles? Of course we're going to have struggles. Romans 7, right? Things I know I should do, I don't do. The guy cuts me off, sometimes I pray for him. Sometimes I, and then I have to, forgive me, Lord. Okay? But, but so, so, so we're not talking about perfection in this life. But what we're talking about, no believer should be under the power of sin. You've been freed from that. Well, what's the problem? Right? Well, Romans 6 would say what? Don't sell yourself back under that slavery. When I counsel people and they're dealing with issues, I say, wait, what part do you play in this? Sometimes they're in the cage and they're in patterns of thinking and they're in this cage. I don't know what to do, Pastor Ron. I said, well, you know, you let yourself in. You, you, you let yourself in there, right? Again, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles, but, but, but listen, guys, let me put it this way. Does the gospel only have relevance for eternity? And I think that's what some believers feel. That all the stuff about Jesus Christ and setting me free, that all has to do with when I go to heaven. What about now? What about now? <laughs> right? No, 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 no. God said that I am conforming you now to the image of my son. That means that ways that I think, behaviors, the old man should be fading away. And the new man should be emerging. Jesus Christ working in me. If that's not happening in every believer, something's wrong. And I don't think it's on God's end. Guys, we, we, we have to understand who we are in Christ. Now, here how, this is how Satan comes along. So when you start failing and, 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 and you stop focusing on all that God has provided through Christ, then Satan comes along, and when a believer falls, he starts condemning. Look at you. You're not a believer. Can't believe you failed again. And all of a sudden, what do we do? We start forgetting about the power of the gospel, not only to save for eternity, but now. What did he say? Go back up to, to, uh, to the other verse. Right in the beginning, he says, verse 3, his divine power has granted to us all things. That's either a lie or that's true. It's not complicated. <laughs> Real simple. That pertain to life and godliness. That's the proposition Peter puts forth. What is he saying? You have all that you need through Christ. There's the key. Through Christ, through his word, to change, to live a life of godliness. So what's the problem? Guys, it's on us. Because you can't renew your mind in God's word and experience the effectual working of that word to literally change my thinking, to then practically change my behavior if I'm not in it. Real simple. <laughs> Yet you can walk to some believers and say, hey, what's your favorite NFL team, bro? 
oh, man, I love the 49ers. Why? They can run all the stats of all the trades, of all the quarterbacks, of all the plays, of all the things. Okay, anything wrong with that? See, now now you're preaching against football. I'm not preaching against football. I'm just saying, how'd you get to know all that? That, that, That's all I'm saying. Because you spend time with God. Because you sat there and Googled stuff. Or you read the books. Or you listened to the commentary. That's all I'm saying. We will spend time on what we love. There's nothing wrong with that. I love to cook. Most of it is edible. <laughs> but I love to look at different recipes. Oh, man, they lose garlic. Oh, but switch it up with some shallots, and it gives more of a milder taste. But then if you toast the garlic, it even brings it out even more. Oh, let me try that next time. How did I learn all that? I got to read recipes. I got to look at cooking shows. Okay, anything wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. All I'm saying is, do I love Jesus as much? Am I spending time with Christ? Am I spending time talking to him in prayer? Am I spending time in his word? That's all I'm saying. What you love is where your time will go. So we say we love Jesus, and we give him minimal time. Why? Because we're so busy. See the problem? Now, I'm I'm not about to stand up here and try to give you some regulation on how much time you ought to be spending in the word of God. That's legalism. Right? I was in a church like that at one time. Have you done your devotions? Wait, how long did you do it for? That's pharisaical and legalism. I'm going to simply ask you this. Do you want to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ as a believer? Do you want to make sure that the things that you're doing in your life during the week please him? Do you want to experience God's power, God's wisdom working through you? Yes, yes, yes. We'll spend time in his word. Wait, how much? You see, our desires will determine where we put our passion. Our de- what, you know, why, why is it not hard to go overtime on the things that you guys like? Let's be real. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch one cooking show. Right? I just, you know, every now and then, the, the, like, the, the stars line up, right? And nobody's home at my house. Those are those are magical moments. Now, I don't believe in magic or all that. For any visitors here, you're like, who is this guy? He's talking about stars and magic. But with seven people in my house, and, and I'm driving up the driveway, and there's no cars. That's the first sign. I'm like, wait, wait, Monique is working. The kids are working. What? Oh, my God. I got the whole house to myself. I go run into the fridge looking for something. It could just be cheese, hummus, something to sit in front of the television that is usually occupied and put on a cooking show. And it's like, I'm in heaven. Right? Why is it easy for me to go overboard with that? Because hmm? I love it. Why is it easy for me to start out with the intention of watching one? And then episode five. I'm going to have to, yeah, <laughs> barbecue, barbecue episode. Yeah, what are you doing with that? Oh, braised the meat like that. Okay, I'm going to try. Why is it so easy? Because it's something I like. It's something I'm passionate about, right? And I remember one time this happened. Just recently, and I'm down here, I'm on episode three. And as they're doing a little commercials, and I'm waiting, it was almost, and I didn't hear an audible voice, so don't, but it's almost like the Holy Spirit is like, house is empty. Yeah, I can hear that. You and I could do communion. We could be talking. 
You like barbecue, Holy Spirit? (laughs) (laughs) I felt so convicted. I turned the television off, went up to my little office, got into the word, and just began to pray. Right? Guys, listen, I I don't know what it looks like for you, but, but, but what I do know is this. His divine power has granted to us all things for life and godliness. And so verse 5, he says, for this very reason, in light of all the truth he's just given, make every effort. That's on you. That's on you. You make every effort. Holy Spirit's not going to do it for you. Pastor ain't going to do it for you. You make every effort to supplement your faith. And then he goes, and I'm not going to unpack all this now for the sake of time, but we did this in the first message. Virtue, moral goodness. And virtue with knowledge to know God's will. And knowledge with self-control, not giving in to temptation. And self-control with steadfastness or endurance. Add that to your life. If you're not experiencing those things, why? Why? Because the knowledge of Christ is not coming in at a steady Guys, we, we, we have to be real. When, when people say they want to grow closer to God, God has set up a means in which to do it. It's not going to happen in a vacuum. If I want to get in better physical shape, there is a means. But what do we look for spiritually? Just what everybody else looks for when it comes to physical workout. 1-800-225. This pill has scientifically been proven to the fat just dropped off. And you know it must be real because who's endorsing it? A doctor. After 45 years of being a cardiologist, I've realized I'm like, really? Really? And everybody buys the pill. Why? Because it's a lot easier to pop the pill than to do the sit-ups and put the donut down. That's what we do spiritually, right? And so, again, we come to church, and we should, and we worship. And then we go and we listen to our podcast. Lord had to convict me about that. You know more about these Christian podcasts than you do about some of the books of the Bible. Hmm. It's so easy to pop a pill, right, rather than to quiet yourself before God, have unrushed time in his word, That's a spiritual discipline, guys, and I have not mastered it at all, but I'm striving to make every effort. Why? Because he's given me all the resources. That's the determination that we all have to have as believers. Notice, and steadfastness with godliness, there it is again, an overall life that is pleasing to God, and godliness with brotherly affection, love for the brothers. Brotherly affection with love, love towards God and others. My prayer, again, and I've said this when we first came together and merged, you know, is that hope becomes a genuine, blood-bought group of people who love one another the way God has called us to. But you know what, guys? Notice that's in the list, right, to make every effort to do that. I'm convinced of this. If I'm not growing closer to Christ in my personal time, I'm not going to want to have anything to do with Jesus. I'm just being real. (laughs) Right? Why? Because I'm already drained. I'm already walking 
and fighting the flesh and I'm not experiencing these things. And now you, my brother or sister, come up. Hey, Pastor, can I talk to you? I got an issue. I'm like, uh-huh, what? <laughs> it's like, all of a sudden, your love grows dull for one another. Guys, it all starts with Christ. As we love Christ and make every effort to live a life of godliness, it should spill out into this relationship here. Because we should be full. We, we should be hitting one another during the week. Yo, how you doing, man? I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. How you doing, brother? Look, I was in the word. I was praying. I was praying for you, man. I, like, like, is that happening among Hope's people? It's hard. Because we're all so busy. But I wonder if Hope begins to make every effort to add these things in our lives, how it will draw our body closer together to I believe it will, and I believe that's what God desires. Notice what he says in verse 8. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, wow, maintain it, they keep you from being ineffective or untruthful in, there it is again, the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see the human part in your relationship with God? You have to cultivate this. It's not going to happen on its own. The power's there. Holy Spirit's on the inside. Word of God has been given. But now you have to walk in these disciplines. Again, not to earn God's salvation, but because of his salvation. I used the analogy before. I'll use it again. It's like getting married. If I would have walked down that aisle and got married to Monique when Pastor Malone said, I now pronounce you man and wife, and said, now for the first time, Mr. and Mr. Ronald L. Jones, and we walked down the aisle, and I went right, and she went left. And I said, you know, babe, this has been real, really love the music, I'll see you later. And I went and did my own thing. Would we still be married? Would we still be married? Yeah. Ceremony was performed. Certificate was signed, sent to the courthouse. We would still be married. Would I feel like I'm married? No, because I'm not cultivating the relationship. I'm not cultivating the relationship. When couples come into my office for counseling and they say, we've been married 20 years, but we feel like two strangers. And they look at that as a license to separate. I say, no, your problem is not that you need to separate. Your problem is you need to cultivate the relationship. And the first question I ask them, how much time do you spend together? Listen, if these qualities are yours and you are increasing in them, you will be effective. You will be fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, your spiritual maturity will continue to increase. Guys, there's no substitute for spending time with God. There's no substitute for losing weight, good diet, good exercise. Period. No, no, but this guy went to Africa and he got the jojo beans and he fried it with some green stuff and all of a sudden, and we go running after it, and we spend hundreds of dollars. No, 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 no. It's not complicated. Notice what he says. Your spiritual maturity will produce effectiveness. In other words, you won't be idle or unproductive. 
with what God wants you to do with your life. Man, that, that, that ought to cause me, God, I want to know you. I want to spend time. I want to make sure that I'm walking in a way that pleases you. But I have to do what? The whole list that he said. Add all these things to your faith. Supplement your faith with these disciplines. Look at verse 9. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind. Wow. Having forgotten. See, here's the problem that he was cleansed from his former sins. You forgot the power of the gospel. You forgot what happened on Calvary's cross. And that's what Satan wants you to do. He's writing to believers here. He's writing to believers. You you forgot that you were cleansed from your former sins. You're blind. It's like you're squinting to the place where you can't even see. So you might as well be blind. Forgetting the significance of what happened on Calvary's cross. Forgetting the practical outworking that has in your life. And so notice what he says in verse 10. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent. There it is again. That's you. That's on you. To confirm your calling For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Guys, please don't miss the weight of verse 10. How do I know that I'm called? How do I know that Christ has saved me? Because you practice these qualities. Listen, when God regenerates a man, and puts his Holy Spirit in him, there is a divine thing that begins to happen that you can't stop. The conforming of that person to Christ. Your desires will begin to change. Not because you're changing them. God's changing them. God's working on the inside of you, conforming you, molding you, to love what he loves, to want what he wants. He does that as I spend time in the word, time in prayer, time in fellowship. If that ain't happening, you don't know him. You don't know him. Notice what Peter is saying. Listen, be the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these things, you will never fall. A lot of times that word is used to mean to fall into sin or to fall into final judgment. But the idea is this. Listen, believer. Remember, he's talking to believers. There is something here that you have to maintain, not for your salvation, but because of your salvation. Don't flip those two. How do I know I belong to God? Because I want to know him. I want to know him more. Am I perfect? Nope. Am I striving to know? Yup. That ain't me striving. That's Christ in me, right? The work that I've started in you, I will complete. That's God talking. I will complete. So when I talked to someone, and I had someone in my office a number of years ago, and they were dealing with depression and all kinds of things, and this is not to make a statement about depression, okay? This is to make a statement about this person's spiritual condition. And they were coming in two, three, four weeks. And it's like nothing was changing. Their perspective wasn't changing. Nothing. And I finally said to this person, can I ask you a question? 
We started a couple weeks ago, and you said you were a believer, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a believer. And I, I have been using scripture all throughout this lesson. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit that had me ask her this question. I said, can I ask you a question? Despite all that you're struggling with, is there something deep down inside of you that you desire to know God? You just, despite the depression, despite what's going on at home, there is just this longing. God, I just want to know you. <laughs> I just, she looked at me. She didn't even have to think. She was like, no. I said, well, I don't know. Maybe I didn't ask the right question. Oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm not saying did you read your Bible. I'm not saying did you go to church. I, I, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm just saying, like, overall, is there this, it just won't go away, this desire, like, you just feel like, I, I want to know him, I want to know him. No. I said, I think I know what your problem is. I think I know why you're getting frustrated. You're coming in for biblical counseling thinking you're a believer. I don't think you're a true believer. Wow, you said that, Pastor Ron? To not speak the truth in love is not love. And I don't want anybody thinking they know Christ and they don't. And she hung her head, and her mom was sitting there with her, and her mom just started crying. And this is what her mom had suspected the whole time. But she was, she was sure she knew God. You know why? Because she was raised where? In the church, got baptized at five, and she knows she's a believer. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what James says. Faith without works is dead. In other words, not works for your salvation, but because of your salvation, you ought to see the works of Christ coming out in your life. If that ain't happening, it's not rocket science. It's because you don't know them. You don't know him. Be like Monique coming to me and saying, honey, I'm pregnant. Like, what? Oh, no, honey, really? Oh, no. You know, not that that's what I did. And then two months later, everything's the same. Four months later, everything's the same. It looks the same. No. Eight months later, everything's the same. Right? You can believe you're pregnant. Yeah, that's not how it works. If there's a new life in you, you're going to change. If there's a new life in you, despite how you feel, despite your failures of the day or whatever, if there's new life in you, you are going to change. That's the promise that God gives us. Amen. So somewhere in your life, from the point of God saving your soul, you ought to see change. And if you're not seeing it, it's because there's no life in you. I knew there was life in her because Shortly thereafter, saying she was pregnant, 3 o'clock in the morning, honey, can you go to Wawa and get me some, what did she want, pickles or something? I was like, oh, yeah, she pregnant. <laughs> All right, we, we, we got to, we always run out of time. Right. Therefore, brothers, verse 10, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. A true believer will strive to grow in their walk with Christ. Your life is going to change. Your desires are going to change because God is working in you. Remember, our salvation is guaranteed through Jesus. Amen? 
We make it into glory because of Jesus, the righteousness of him. But in this life, while we're living, we need to be doing these disciplines. So verse 11 says what? For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I praise God that with all the ups and downs in our lives, to know that Jesus Christ, I'm secure in what he did on the cross. I'm secure. But I have to make every effort. I have to make every effort. I have to be diligent. I have to keep in step with the spirit, Galatians says. That's an act of my will that I need to do. And if we're not doing that, believers, then we're not walking in the power of what God said I've given you the power to do. You have all you need for life and godliness. Now, we know he's talking to believers because as we continue this text later, we're going to see. Peter's going to say, I know you know these things. (laughs) And Peter's even going to say, I know you're doing these things. But I'm just reminding you. I'm reminding you. Understand the balance of what God has done and what he has called you to do. Because we're dealing with a bunch of false teachers that we're going to see Let me end with Jude 24 and 25. I love this. It says what? Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. I love that. (laughs) To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forevermore. God, I thank you that we will be presented blameless before you because of Jesus. God, that is our ultimate hope, to know that when our time comes and our life on this earth is over, we will stand blameless before your glory because of Jesus Christ. And God, we rejoice in that. And I pray, God, that that wonderful truth would spur us on now to know you better, to love you better through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, to study our word, to spend time in prayer, Oh, God, you're conforming us to the image of your dear son. But you do it through the means of your word, prayer, fellowship, worshiping together. So help us, God, to make the adjustments in our lives. Where are we spending our time? Oh, God, help us not to forget how precious our walk with you is. And may we spend time on that above all other things. Father, thank you for your word. I pray for all of us that you would give us wisdom to put whatever we need to put out of our lives and to start new and better habits in our lives 
that will help us to add, to supplement our faith that we have in Christ. So we thank you. We bless your name. In Christ's name. Stand up. I mean, when you come up I believe the Lord really spoke clearly today. Amen. Can everyone say amen? And um, I'm going to sing a song. And um, how's the Lord? How you know? How's the Lord um, speaking to you? Time, right? Time. Social media, right? Social media is such a huge black hole of time. You find yourself sucked into social media, right? And I think time, uh, the social media phenomenon has really robbed us of time. But there are others. There are others. There are other things that we do. So I want us to really take a moment to just really, the Lord is calling us to, to just be humble, right? I mean, the Lord wants to conform us to his image, amen? And sometimes that takes discipline. That takes correction, amen? Takes at, at letting God, letting the Holy Spirit, amen? If he, if you feel disciplined by the Lord, that means he's a sign that you belong to him, amen? And so I, wanted, I, I do want us to take a moment to, to really ask God, and if you feel conviction of the Holy Spirit, I want to. I want you to come. Let, let, let's 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 lay prostrate before God. Let, let's ask. Let's not be in a rush. You know. Let's come to the front. And say, Lord, I want to give up these habits that absorbing, taking my time, and I just don't find the strength. But I'm going to believe Your Word that You have given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen. That it begins with faith. It begins saying, No, He has given you the power and the victory. You may have fallen flat in your face this morning. You may have fallen flat, but that does not negate God's word. God can appropriate in your life, in all of us, renew strength by way of faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? So you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is just lay hold of the truth of God and let that spirit of God work, and you'll find strength for godliness. Amen? So if, if that's, um, we're going to sing that song. We fall down, we fall down. And just, um, we fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. And so let, let's do that. But if the Lord, is, the Lord is dealing with you, don't, this is a moment for you to say, Lord, I surrender it all. Amen? I surrender to you. We never want to be in a rush. So many churches, Lord, that, that they just go and be as business as usual. We want to take a moment to allow your word, Lord, that we can, those areas of our lives that we are asking for strength and for forgiveness, Lord, for giving in to things that we, that rob us of so much precious time 
But we come, we come to you to today, Lord, and we ask you, God, to do a great work in our hearts today. Let this week be a, a reflection of this wonderful work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts today. Father, we wait upon you, Holy Spirit, to come, purge us, God, get, get rid of those things in our lives that are, Lord, destroying us, hallelujah, we fall down, we fall down, we lay our crown at the feet of turn this whole place into an altar. Oh God, may we, you help us, Jesus. May you help us to spend better time, Lord, to manage our time for the glory of your name. Oh God, help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to lay down our idols. Help us, Lord, to lay down the things, oh God, that have draining us, draining our strength, draining our hope, draining Jesus. Lord, we know what they are, Father. I pray, I pray now that you would do a great work, Lord. Every person that is crying out to you would just find hope, find encouragement, 
that you are going, you have overcome already. You have already given them everything that they need that pertains to life and godliness. Do it, Jesus. Do it, Jesus, Lord. Do it, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this moment. Jesus and just have a conversation with the Lord. You know the areas. I, there is anyone here who has perfect time management. There's something that we all sometimes we, we need to yield. So to, just just have a conversation with Jesus. you, Lord. We wait upon you, Jesus. Change our hearts, Lord, we pray. We want to give you all of our lives, all of our time, oh God. We lay down our lives, Jesus. Help us to believe your word. Help us to believe, Jesus. Strengthen our faith today, Lord. Do a great work in this church, God, a great work of yielding and surrender to, to you, Lord, in areas of our lives that perhaps we've, we, we have so guarded it from you, Jesus. I pray even now that our hearts will be open to allow the Holy Spirit to just put his finger on anything in our lives, oh God. And we need you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God Almighty. If you, if you want prayer, Pastor Ron is, will be up here. And if you want to just come, and just ask him, ask the Lord to just touch and we'll agree with you. Amen. Don't be afraid. Don't, if there's something you're struggling with, this is a great moment to just ask God to begin to set you free from anything.
room, if you want, just close us out in prayer. all the church said amen don't forget um just give me give me a sign throw a sign who's who's able to stay to help us tear down the corner because i want to order some lunch and i want to see one two three four okay all right i'm going to order some lunch and then um we'll, we'll uh, like i said we won't be in a complete rush but if you're able to stay stay for a few minutes um and then like we're going to order lunch first so that so that we don't wait, and then um, so give us a few minutes, and we will order the lunch, and um, and then we'll 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 start to tear down. So.